Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today, Larry has a guest on the show, and that is Neil Himmelstein. Um, I, I'm going to read the bio. Is that okay with you, Larry? Absolutely. All right. So Neil is an independent wholesaler of insurance products, life, disability, fixed annuities, and long-term care, and strategic partner to advisors across the country. Neil has a graduate degree in economics from the University of Maryland and has done postgraduate studies at Dowling. He is a proud recipient of the Rudy Stegman Award for Outstanding Achievement and Leadership in the Industry by Long Island NAFA. Neil has been involved in case design and agency management for over 20 years, specializing in high net worth programs such as premium finance and restricted property trust and finding solutions for clients with health impairment needs. Uh, Larry sounds like a fantastic guy. I know that this is the podcast is what you need to know about life insurance and you've spoken about life insurance in different ways on many podcasts, but uh, I'm assuming that's why you brought him on the show because he specializes in it. Absolutely. Eric, good to uh, hear from you again today. Neil, thank you for, for joining us. Yeah, we're going to talk about life insurance. Probably a lot of people, when they hear those words, they cringe and they don't really want to think about it, but it's extremely important that we talk about it. And there are some, some good, I'm sure, some good ideas and strategies and tips that Neil's going to be able to share with us. So, uh, Neil, I'm just going to give you an Eric read the bio, but why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background of how you got into the business? Well, how I got into the business was uh, I was doing other things, import, export, and uh, in the food business. And it just kind of happened. I had some family members that were in the business and I realized that it was a lot more to it than just product. It was really helping people uh, achieve their financial goal, retirement and protection and it changes and evolves and very educational. And that gave me a lot of passion towards helping people and myself. And that's kind of how I went. Oh, uh, how long ago was that? Well, it's about 30 years now. 30 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the, the reasons why people need life insurance. Obviously when you're, you're young and starting a family that, traditional, you need life insurance. So um, let's just talk about some of the, the ways that you kind of see life insurance fitting in for, for people these days. Well, like I, like I tell everybody, life insurance is for the living. It's not for the ones that passed by. It's really for those that you leave behind. It's for the living. And, um, you know, while you're younger and you have, you have children and you're building a family, I think it's very important that there's money there so they can survive, especially if you're the breadwinner, uh, and go to college and, and achieve a normal life. Uh, without it, uh, it's a disaster. So that's number one. Secondly, a lot of the newer life plans have living benefits so, it, so you don't have to pass away to collect, uh, whether you become disabled or, or whether you have a chronic illness a lot of them have benefits that will actually pay for that while you're living, or you can also use life insurance as an asset uh, for retirement because it has a lot of tax 
deferred and tax-free income that you can achieve out of a life insurance policy that you can't out of many other assets, as well as being credit shelter proof uh, for businesses and people. Uh, they find it a very attractive other investment asset. So let, let's stop and dissect. There's a lot of things out there. You know, for, first, you know, for me personally, you know, I saw how not having life insurance in my family and my father died when I was six, when I was 19, my sister was 16 and almost no life insurance. And um, my mother struggled to finish putting us through college and get and getting, you know, her retirement you know, taken care of. So, uh, you know, it's it, people may think it's not going to happen to them, but I can tell you there's a hundred percent chance that you are going to die one day. So, uh, so making sure that you have people taken care of, no matter when that is going to be, is, is so so critical. But you mentioned a couple of things in those comments. Let's just talk about you brought up living benefits, and for those people out there, especially in, in New York State uh, right now. You know, living benefits when you're talking about if you need to access them, I guess if you need some long-term care coverage, um, New York State, a lot of the New York, the long-term care policies, uh, companies are gone. I think there's one company right now that's uh, raising their rates dramatically in a few weeks. So uh, explain to the audience kind of what you mean by living benefits. So, so with living benefits, some of them are, let's say you have a heart attack and, and you can't you need access to cash. There are a lot of life policies that will have a special benefit that'll give you a lump sum of money so that they'll prepay some of what you call the death benefit so that you can bear out those times or a chronic illness um, or, or a long-term care event, chronic being that you'll need you know, custodial care and what kind of care at home, but for a permanent basis or a long-term care event where uh, there are some policies that have a special rider that will cover you for long-term care expenses uh, inside your life insurance policy. And that's really done by prepaying some of the death benefit while you're living, as opposed to, you know, having to wait for you to pass before any money gets passed out. So right. these are some of the living benefits. Right. And you mentioned there. a little bit about the tax efficiency. So if you're going to use some of the living benefits, are they going to be taxable to you? All tax-free. All the benefits are tax-free. Life insurance is a tax-free death benefit. Any cash value policy you have, we're not talking term insurance, any type of permanent insurance you have, the money grows tax-deferred. You can take it out tax-free and has a tax-free death benefit. So what many people do, especially younger people, they'll accumulate a lot of money in these things. And it's not part of your FOSA forms when applying for college or anything else. So you can put a lot of money away over and above what the cost of insurance is. It'll grow tax deferred and you can take it out 100% tax free and you don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half to access that money like you would in a Roth IRA or a typical IRA scenario. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just talk a little bit about the different types. You've got, I guess, term insurance where you're not building up any cash value and it's only for a specific term. And then you've got the different types of permanent insurance. Uh, and that's where I guess for a lot of lay people, sometimes it can get a little bit confusing on how it works and what the differences are. So, uh, so there's um, well, actually, why don't you explain some of the differences in some of the permanent policies? Sure. 
Well, let me just go back a step and just tell you term is like paying rent. You agree to a certain amount of time, uh, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years, or 40 years. And at the end of your contract, it's up. But not all term insurance is equal. Uh, many of the term policies being offered out there aren't convertible to a permanent policy. A permanent policy means it'll last a lifetime if funded properly or as long as you like. And that's a big difference between term and permanent. Now, when you get to permanent policies, the differentiating fact between what you might hear of whole life, which has been around since the beginning of life insurance, or universal life, or index life, or variable life, the only difference between all these is how that money accumulates inside that life insurance policy. So your whole life policies basically accumulate and get paid dividends on the money that you put in, not guaranteed, but there's usually a small fixed rate. And then they put a dividend, which is based upon that company's profitability. Universal life is really based upon the interest rate that that insurance company passes through almost on their fixed assets. So while the interest rates are so low right now, those policies are very low. And then they've done various, various uh, types of policies based off of that chassis, which will allow you to invest such in mutual fund type accounts, they call them separate accounts that look a lot like mutual funds where your money would grow with some of the brand names you may know, Fidelity, Janus, Putnam in a variable life policy. Then they came out with something called index universal life, which really buys you a hedge, which bases it typically, let's say on the S&P 500 and tracks that even though it's considered a fixed product because you're not putting your money at, at the risk, you're really tracking an indice and based upon that indice performance, you can get anywhere from zero to let's say 10%. It's capped on the high end, but they, they, they cap it on the low end as well so that you can't lose money doing it in an index type account. Those are some so, of the different, different types of permanent policies out right. there. So I guess it's important to, to work with a professional to, to really explain how, how all those policies works and the pros and the cons of each one before making a, making a decision, correct? Right. So I like to say that life insurance is really customized to you, to what your needs are. And, and any type of person that you do planning with, you want them to be able, able to give you multiple different options and scenarios that fit your lifestyle and what your needs are. And that's what it depends on. Yes. And, you know, it's, uh, we've had clients come in the door and they've purchased these permanent policies, uh, these universal policies and rates have come down. They've made all their premiums and now they're in their eighties and they're getting letters from the insurance company saying if they don't put in significant large amounts of money, the policies are going to lapse and they are totally taken by surprise and shock to receive some of those. Right. So, you know, why did, why does that happen? And, you know, why is it so important to review the pilot? Most people buy a life insurance policy. They never look at it again and they just pay the premiums. But so let us know what, why do you think it's so important to, to look at these policies and also why, why does that something like that happen? Great question. 
So because the underlying asset that you're investing in is either a fixed rate or a variable rate, depending on the underlying investments, is how that product will perform. And if you just look back in time, for those of you that, you know, remember, I don't want to go back to presidents or anything else, but you look at interest rates. Uh, back in the 80s, interest rates were 17, 18, 19%. You could get a 12% CD. Well, some of the policies reflected that interest rate when they were purchased back then. And you expected when you bought it that the interest rate would stay the same or you didn't see the life insurance person who sold it to you since then. And you just assume that la da 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 da, this is what it looked like. And over the years, the interest rates have gone straight down and have stayed down for this decade to all time lows. So that affects what they call the universal life policies dramatically. In addition, the way a permanent policy works is you're really putting your money in a bucket and in the early years of the universal life, you're overfunding it. And then you're relying on that growth of that money inside your life policy to make it last till you're 100. But truth be told, your, your cost of insurance really goes up over time, but you have enough money in there to pay for it with regular premiums, provided that interest rate holds up. It hasn't. The same thing happened with whole life policies that we're saying now. Many of the policies were sold based on dividend rates that were much higher even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. They were eight, 9% dividend rates, which are not guaranteed. And those same companies, I don't care how great a company it is, are paying three and 4% because their profitability is much less than it was 20 years ago for various reasons. But one of the biggest reasons are interest rates. So as the market has done great, the interest rates have gone in the opposite direction. Yeah. So there's not a, not a big enough pool or bucket of money in there to pay for the cost of the insurance later in life. And that's where people are getting tripped up later in life by not making sure that the policy is going to last them. There's a lot of there's a lot of wording in there between what's guaranteed, what's not guaranteed. So you need to be really careful in looking at all these policies before making a decision. And just as important, maybe even more important, to review the coverage, um, at least on, a, on an annual basis and see how it's performing. Absolutely. And there's also been a lot of, a lot of change in the life insurance industry over the last five years, particularly in the state of Newark. When you see companies like MetLife, who've been around since the 1800s, one of the largest life insurance companies, stop offering policies altogether. And you may have bought a MetLife term policy and wanted to convert it, and now you can't. You can convert it, but it's it, to a very expensive product, not what you thought you could convert it to back then, because you wanted to secure the coverage uh, when you were younger. And now that you're making more money, you want to make it permanent, but and maybe you have a health impairment. So... ING, another great company that went to Voya and changed names and Aviva and all these different companies are changing and their privileges are changing. And you really got to so what, what does that mean? What does that mean when you're when they've changed names now? So basically what 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 has happened in the industry, some companies have stopped selling insurance and they'll sell their existing book to a reinsurer. 
Now, that's not such a bad thing. Your death benefit's still guaranteed if you pay your premiums, but all of a sudden your service level goes, some of your conversion privileges may or may not be there anymore to what you thought you can convert it to. It may not be the performance, especially if it's a dividend paying whole life. I've seen those go way down. So performance may not be what you expect. So I think it's very important that you have somebody look at your policies. And I highly recommend that you don't go 1-800-BUY-INSURANCE or listen to all these TV ads and think you're going to get the cheapest insurance because these people will sell you a policy. It's like buying a car with no wheels and you don't know. They sell everything on price and it may not have the features you want later on. There's a reason why some term insurance is different than other term insurance. So, and that's all they sell online. They don't sell anything complicated. It's just term. And you know what? You want what you pay for. You want to make sure it's working. And the other big thing that I, that I have to say is life changes. Your beneficiaries may change. You may have a child and then you have another child. And if you only have the one child in your will on your life insurance policy, it doesn't go by will. It goes by policy. So you could disinherit your second child or how about your second wife? Uh, if you never change your policy and the beneficiary is to your first wife, you may or may not want her to have the benefit of that policy, but by law, it goes by what's on that documentation, unless you've had it reviewed and made changes. Yeah. Great so point. The, great point. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that we've seen beneficiaries on either insurance policies or retirement accounts, not reflect the wishes of what they, they want. So it is so important to do that. Let's just switch gears a little bit now. You know, everyone knows kind of about the traditional needs for life insurance for, you know, for death benefit uses, but let's talk a little bit about um, the estate planning side. Um, everyone, a lot of people may know that probably the richest people in the world may have the largest amount of insurance to protect to be able to provide liquidity when they die in a case of estate planning. And I guess there have been cases where people that didn't have that, such as uh, the owner of the dolphins, Joe Robbie, that was their family was forced to sell the dolphins because they didn't have liquidity to pay the estate taxes. So uh, are you still seeing a lot of people funding policies and what type of policies for estate planning? So more and more, we're doing more estate planning, and, and it's, it's very prevalent today, particularly with what's going on. Uh, the current state tax exemption where you can pass on money uh, to an heir is like $11.5 uh, per person. So that, that's, uh, as of, that's as of today, and we're recording this podcast on October 27th. That may be, that may be changed by the time this podcast is, uh, is out there because there's a lot of talk about ch changing that. And we do know that even if they don't change it, the law will sunset in 2025. That's correct. So part of that exemption uh, has a lot of people not thinking about, let's say, life insurance because they don't have that tax. But the other issue is, and when we go back to policy review, if you have your policy, it's federally income tax free, the death benefit, but it's not a state tax free unless your policy is owned by irrevocable life insurance trusts. And I think when people, the great reason for policy review, I know many, many wealthy people who bought life insurance over time and this and that, but they own their own policies 
and they could end up aggravating their estate. I mean, if you add a $1 million, $2 million, $5 million policy to a $5 million estate, all of a sudden, you're in that reign where you're going to be taxed on that death benefit through estate taxes. So estate taxes and income taxes come into play when it comes to the life insurance planning, and it intercepts in, and, and integrates with your retirement planning, uh, with your big retirement assets, which are subject to both estate tax and federal income tax. And this is why we're seeing more life insurance planning now than ever, because many of us have done great in the market and have put as much as we could in our retirement, which is a fantastic thing. And we deferred all these taxes. And then we really haven't developed a plan to take that money out. The problem is if you leave it all in there and you die with all these assets, then then's the real taxation problem because it could be doubly taxed, both estate and income tax. And maybe you want to leave this money to your kids and maybe 70 or 80% of it could, could deteriorate through taxes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So and I, I guess also people, these, a lot of the estate taxes are not due into the second death. So there are ways of structuring some policies such as second to die policies, correct? That may be correct. less expensive than just a, uh, a, a, a on one life. Right. So typically, you know, if your spouse is your beneficiary, they can inherit your policy. It's on the second death when the estate taxes really come into play. Now, New York State has a different tax level than the federal tax level. And the other thing that they're looking to do, they're looking to lower that from 11 and a half to 6 million is the latest. I know there's been some talk of trying to get down to three or 5 million, but not only are they looking to lower that, they're looking to decouple the lifetime gifting exemption. And currently that's right in line with the estate tax exemption where you can gift up to that over your lifetime without there being any taxes. Uh, so we're recommending to our high net worth clients that they put their money into their irrevocable life insurance trust now, whether they buy the policy right now or not, we recommend of course that they buy it now, but to load their money up, do their gifting now put the gifting in now before they decouple the gifting and the estate tax. Very tricky, you have to do it right and you have to plan properly or 2022 could be potentially a disaster. It could be a tax tsunami for many of the wealthy people who are looking to pass on their money to their heirs. Yep. We will see how that play, plays out when the government uh, finally does, if they do come to some consensus. Neil, any final thoughts that you'd like the listening audience to, uh, to know about? My final thoughts are that you should build a financial team around you. Uh, Larry Heller and his organization are fantastic people. I mean, they know how to diversify your assets and diversify your tax classes. But I always recommend that you have a team, whether it's an attorney, a CPA, a financial planner like Larry, an insurance expert. We do a lot of back office work for Larry and, and many other firms, uh, Heller Management. And that's where we come into play. But you want to have everybody on the same page working for you and your individual plans. Team is, team is key. And if you don't have a team, let Larry Heller and his organization put one together for you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Neil. 
You know, this has been great. I appreciate the time. If anyone wants to contact Neil directly, you can go right to his website, which is www.mainstreetplanninggroup.com. That's mainstreetplanninggroup.com. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope everybody picks something up when, it, when it's talking about life insurance and at least starts to take, dig up those old policies and get somebody to review it for them. Larry, this is a fantastic podcast. I, I think that, Neil, I love your closing thoughts because Larry and I have talked about that many times. Larry is a firm believer in uh, working as a team. And uh, so I, I love the fact that you guys are both aligned with that thought process. So, Neil, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course, Larry, thank you for bringing him on the podcast. And our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.